Uh, Alright, hopefully my audio doesn't shit itself again. That was really a shame, because I thought it was recording that whole time, and that we had, like, a really sort of naturalistic, flowy, like, B-roll audio that I could use as a sort of an unedited intro. Ah, oh, this is dicks. Yeah, ten seconds, and we'll get back to the exact kind of thing, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, 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 we'll We'll be able to find that flow pretty easy, I'm sure. Alright, so. <clears throat> Hello and welcome. This is Your Brain on Anime, a fun little podcast where I take one of my friends who isn't the most into anime and slowly destroy his mind through exposure therapy until he finds my jokes funny. My name is Ash, and I'm joined by my co-host and test subject, Jesse. Since this is our first episode, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your sort of history and relationship with anime so they know where you're starting from, Jesse? Uh, you know, there, there's a quote in a discord that I'm no longer a part of, uh, not, not that one, a different one, um, that was attributed to me that said, I don't know anything about anime. I just know Fortnite dancing. And I think that still is mostly accurate with some exceptions, but, um, as far as anime goes, I'm, I'm like anyone else. I watched Toonami when I was growing up. That was my main, you know, interaction with it. Uh, the sort of pipeline to only watch from only watching Dragon Ball Z to watching Hamtaro is very short. Uh, <laughs> uh, I never watched any of the light, late night stuff. I don't think I was allowed. Who knows? Uh, so it, again, it's not very... Um, I don't know much. Never watched Naruto. Never ran around like Naruto. I didn't go to Area 51. Uh, I don't know anything about Evangelion. See, I even had to think of how to pronounce it because that shit looks like Evangelion, and you know it does. Um, yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mispronounced it for years. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, I, I know a couple, but uh, it's it's uh, it's mostly new to me. Yeah, you're sort of aware of its existence, but not. Uh, it's not something that's that's directly in your orbit. Uh, it unfairly, I would say aware of its existence parentheses derogatory <laughs> uh yeah so for a little bit of background on me um and my relationship to anime i was uh sort of always trapped in the sort of event horizon of being a weeb but never crossed the threshold uh so growing up i was Super, super into Naruto. One of my friends in middle school got me into it uh, like two years before the dub released in the U.S. Uh, I I got really into Evangelion because of one of the goths I was friends with in high school uh, recommended it to me. And I was always sort of just like picking up various, various bits of anime and would get really into them. But it was never a, like, I only went to a handful of anime conventions, you know, is what I'm oh. saying. Uh, I didn't go to that many. I'm not, like, a full-bore weeb. And I think a big part of that is just because I never had anyone in my life who, like, was a weeb. And it was such a, uh, such a, like oral tradition hand-me-down culture that I never got into a lot of the the weird anime stuff until I was older. 
Uh, but that said, I fucking love anime. There, it's it's such a unique style of animation, and there's uh, there is a lot of variety and nuance within it, as you will see throughout this project. You know, uh, I guess I guess meme culture is probably sort of uh, there's some overlap with anime for sure. So it's like I I don't know really. I, I'm aware of the commercial where the guy says Garuga Mesh. And I think it's a band, but like I'm coming at it from a, a very different angle. Yeah, that's that's totally understandable. And like we're on the same page as far as some of the excess of anime. Like we both understand and uh, and appreciate and agree on the fact that if someone is is wearing a Naruto skin in Fortnite, they should be hunted down in game. <laughs> like that person's not allowed to get a victory royale. That's not allowed. It, you know, it's an intro. You, you've sort of given me uh, something to think about here because I, I have a feeling there's a tier list there. Like <laughs> if I'm if I'm rolling through, you know, Tomato Town, if if that's part of what they've brought back recently. If I'm rolling through Tomato Town, and to the left of me is you know Naruto, uh, and to the right of me is Goku. Like, where's where am I compelled to aim? You know? Yeah. Well, we'll. I'm hopefully. Uh, I'm hoping we get there because with uh, with Goku, for some reason, that gives me more of a tryhard feeling. So, like, if someone's using a Naruto skin and they're having the best time of their life, if someone's using a Goku skin in Fortnite. I, I think they're just they're just trying too hard. Not because of the anime, but I can feel that they're like you know popping Sensu beans or Xanax on the <laughs> other side of the screen. I mean, six of one, half dozen of the other. Right? <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. But yes, we will we will get to those and you'll see there's more to anime than just like a tier list of who it's acceptable to bully based on like what anime they like. Like as an Evangelion fan, I am allowed to bully DBZ fans. That's that's sort of the, the pecking order, the hierarchy. And part of what's gonna be going on here is you'll be developing your own anime hierarchy as we watch these shows. We're going to talk about them a bit, share our opinions, and then you're going to rank them on a tier list <laughs> uh, that you're going to share with the world. And no one's going to judge you for it at all, ever. I promise. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I'm, I'm already getting pre-docked. <laughs> <laughs> Look, anime fans are the most, like, level-headed and reasonable people on the planet. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you said no that. And the thing you said before that was uh, figuring out where you can punch down in anime. But yeah, okay, those those totally are uh, compatible uh, <laughs> points of view. Got it. So you're getting it. You're getting it. Uh huh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm I'm kidding. I I don't judge people based on the anime they like. That's a very like early aughts sort of attitude. I do remember when that was a thing. That was a thing for a while. When we talk about some of the anime that were on the pecking order, we're going to discuss some of those horror stories. But that is that is not today. Mm-hmm. Here is... The, oh, God. Sorry, <laughs> this went off the rails very quickly. <laughs> so we started off with a very wholesome slice of life anime. One of my favorites to have come out in the last several years. Uh, called Bocce the Rock, which is about a high schooler with severe social anxiety, who is good at guitar, who wants to start a band. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna sort of 
give a summary of the events of it, talk about our our general feelings, uh, some trivia about it here and there, and then uh, then you're going to go ahead and, and rank it. So we did watch the entire series, right? Uh, all 12 episodes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We did. So first impressions without going into any major detail. How do you feel that this uh, this show was just sort of representative of modern anime? Do you think more stuff from this era is going to be similar? Do you think that this is sort of a, a standout, uh, unique, own little thing? How are we feeling? Well, it's tough to say because there's a lot of things about it that I recognized as um, animeisms. I guess, for lack of a better word, and I'm not referring to Evangelion. Um, that's a very different ism. Um, I think it's well, it's hard to say. You know, um, I would say it's very similar to every other thing you've wrapped me into, where I somehow get extremely called out by whatever it is <laughs> we're consuming media-wise. <laughs> um, I didn't realize that uh, there was like a one-to-one uh, me and main character moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and really, it it helped me find the magical girl within myself. Excellent. I hope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah this this anime helped you discover that you actually are just a fifteen year old pink haired anime girl. I still don't know if that's exactly how I would. Um... Well, I mean, between this and TikTok, I feel like I've been getting you know, <laughs> you know, the, the algorithms seem to really be pointing a certain direction for me. Uh, but outside of that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if uh, you, 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 you called this um, slice of life. Is that what it was? Or what was the uh, term? Yeah, slice of life. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I've watched anything else like that. I mean, I would I guess in some senses, Hamtaro probably is. But I don't believe that is the average experience of a hamster sentience wise. Uh, so I don't really have anything to go off of. I would hope so. I, I, I absolutely enjoyed this show. Uh, even beyond the parts of it that uh, spoke to me on very personal levels, uh, it was just great. I felt like very not not just happy, not not just like you know right off word happy, it, but it was very um, uplifting. Yeah, it's uplifting. It's cozy. It's optimistic. Yeah, it was a good one to start with, and considering some of the other titles I've been um, <laughs> pitched. <laughs> I feel like it's very much downhill from here, uh, which is okay, because I can always cherish the memories of when I had only watched this one and none of the following ones. But yeah, no, it, it's great. It's great. I promise this isn't uh, this isn't a torture session. There, There is a lot in the roster that I think you're going to enjoy. But Bachi the Rock is, yes, it's a slice of life anime. It is about a... 15 year old girl named uh uh la, 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 la. why did i just hitori hitori yeah yeah hitori goto yeah. hitori goto i kept wanting to say bachi which is her nickname which is what her friends call her mm-hmm. and this is like the first thing where i'm like this this shit is never gonna get this shit's never gonna get a dub because there's so much uh in addition to the music like the music thing that's its own sort of hurdle but the fact that there is so much like linguistic Japanese comedy that happens that the the mm-hmm. subbing team did a killer job pointing out, like doing little things like uh, like including the the description or like a a brief summary of like how the pun works in the subtitles. <laughs> like there's a couple little gags like that that I love. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, her nickname comes from the Japanese word uh, Hitori Bochi, 
which is uh it, it means all alone oh which is like cool nickname to give your friends <laughs> like oh hey your nickname is fucking loser yeah i mean yeah like, could you imagine if people are going around and, and saying that my nickname was assigned destiny player i mean it has the same <laughs> it has the same loneliness attached to it but yeah yeah we don't do that here i guess I love it. it's, it's <laughs> such like a cute honest moment so, uh, yeah, the series starts off with, you know, we're introduced to Hitori. She wants to, she wants to be a rock star. She has her little YouTube channel. She wants to make friends. She sort of struck out at hoping other people would approach her in middle school. And she gets, like, soft abducted by another girl her age to, like, join a band. Like, she's sitting in the park and another girl just, like, grabs her and is like, hey, you have a guitar. You want to be in a band, right? You know... Again, I, I I really appreciate some of the some of the wholesomeness of the show because when that happens and that does happen in real life, it's never it's never fun. It's never fun. It's never fun like that. Does it? It has that happened to you? Uh, I, I'm going to tell you a specific story because it it is I can't forget it. And, I, and if I could, if I could, uh, you know, get back that space or something more important in my brain, I would. But uh, I was outside uh, helping my parents with like, uh, you know, the lawn or something, the gardening. Uh, and there's these two people across the street who uh, look like they're coming. They're walking home from high school. And I think at this point I was in college. I don't know. But I, I was I was older than them. And uh, I knew they were going to walk over. I don't know why. I just had this feeling like maybe it again, maybe the show really is just exactly accurate. But uh, I was ready for this. These two people walked over, one of them wearing a top hat and a Guns N' Roses T-shirt. So I knew that this was going to be. But uh, he, he came over and I just knew the energy shifted. You know what I mean? And that's nothing against that. You know, if you're if you're all about Guns N' Roses, you know, Slash is phenomenal and, and, and all that. And he's talking to me. He's like, hey, man, I heard you playing drums. I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. He's like, yeah, man, I play guitar. I'm like, right on. He's like, yeah, we should do something, you know, some, something like that kind of, you know, it does happen. Except um, I asked him for his name and he said, my friends call me Slash. And I'm like, uh, buddy, that's taken. Yeah, that's taken. Like, I know you're wearing the top hat. That's cute. My man, that guy's on your shirt. You're wearing the shirt. They don't call you Slash. <laughs> They're referring to an entity depicted on the logo of your shirt. No one calls you that. Uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool, man. And and like my mom's starting to talk to him or something. She's like, so, oh, you say you play guitar? And he goes, no, lead guitar. Oh, my. And like, this is basically tropes for me to me of course he said that of course he said that and it was so awkward it was the it was so awkward it, it just went on and on and he started talking to my mom about marijuana referencing some plant that did not look like marijuana at all that was growing it actually looked more like navy beans which means once again there's no way this kid was slashed there'd be way more marijuana awareness yeah how did i not fumble that word uh that that's <laughs> um right anyways uh, and but the best part is I reclaimed the energy that was being stolen from me. Uh, I went to shake his hand and he threw horns like devil horns. Right. And I'm like, I refuse to be I refuse to be put out by this moment. So I locked horns with him. Oh, my God. He threw he threw <laughs> horns at my handshake. So I switched. I, I did what I'm assuming is jutsu. Again, I haven't seen Naruto and went sideways horns into his and locked them <laughs> and went like. Boop. And he didn't know what to do with that. And eventually they left, and I was like, I should never have chosen this. So yes, once again, apologies for the tangent, but it does happen. It generally doesn't happen. It doesn't happen with someone like that you want <laughs> to come up and play music with you. It's usually it's usually the musician equivalent of there's one chair left in the Magic the Gathering tournament, and no. the smelly guy hasn't shown up yet, so you know where he's sitting. Oh, no. 
I've lived that moment. Yeah, so you can understand that there's like there's like a it's like a tidal wave of something, and you know it's coming. You're <laughs> used to it. You're used to putting those pieces together. Asshole with the the top hat and the Guns and Roses teacher who self appointed the nickname Slash. See, there are worse nicknames than uh, you know Bocce. Um, calling yourself Slash uh, comes over to you, and you know you recognize what's occurring here, and you can't do anything to stop it. It's a canon event. <laughs> Oh my god, that's incredible. No, that was a very relevant tangent. Uh that yeah. No, really, because we get to sort of flow into how uh yeah, instead of that fate, uh the protagonist of the show ends up meeting uh Nijika, her drummer, uh and Rio, the bassist. They play a show, they're fucking awful at it, which was a really nice subversion. Like I feel like usually uh in anime, you know, you have this sort of flawless protagonist problem and you know yeah, I that's like one of my big issues with anime is a lot of it is like, oh, well, the protagonist is going to get through it and and succeed and win the day and be perfect. And right from the jump, one of the things that uh, Bocce the Rock does is it it lets these kids sort of struggle and fail in places. So they play the show. They absolutely bomb. Uh, Hitori is is so nervous about going out on stage that she plays inside of uh, from inside of a mango box, and they they yeah they're they're atrocious to the point where the manager of the club, the drummer's sister, will not let them play again. <sighs> Some anime stuff happens. They eventually get get their rhythm guitarist, and who is Akita. Who she is? Uh, she's wonderful. She's adorable. She's our our high energy lesbian in the in the group who has a crush on their bassist and who almost joined the band before Hitori did, but didn't actually know how to play guitar, so she just bailed on them before a show. I feel like that's real. Yeah, I feel like that's a real thing too. I feel like I've heard of that happening. I don't mm-hmm. know anyone who's in a band who that has happened to. I won't go into the story, but I've had uh, people show up to 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 jam who uh claim to be able to play an instrument and uh whatever sort of drug-induced stupor they were in prevented them from doing so or perhaps there was no original talent there either but i do remember him drooling on my drum set as he passed out for three seconds in the middle of a drum fill so yeah i think again there's something that tells me that if like if i get to experience these sort of pinnacle events that uh a little bit further back down the chain i'm sure someone has uh followed love into a band and hasn't been able to um uh, see it through that's fair (laughs) oh i mean we don't need to start listing completely untalented people who have been in bands that's a whole other that's true that's true we do not need to use this section of the podcast to to shit on lars ulrich um what's really funny is that i could imagine under me uh just the image of zoe deschanel flickering but we can we can cut that. I don't know who the editor is for this, but we can cut that if we're not going after people. <laughs> got it. Got it. Oh. No, I'm sure she's doing something. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, creating an entire stereotype in the mid-aughts. F- fair enough. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, right. Where was I going? My brain was going through. Right. Mango box. Oh no, you were talking about Kita and she wasn't a she joined, couldn't play, ran away before the show. Yep. Yeah. Right, 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 right. 
Uh, so then the next arc is just sort of them practicing and getting ready for their next show. They eventually get to the point where they are not terrible. They start writing their own music. There's a really sweet moment where uh, the bassist, Rio and Hattori, kind of talk about her lyric writing, talk about Hattori's uh, lyric writing process. And there's just it's just a sweet moment between the two of them where Rio is like, yeah, so what if it, you know, if it's not cheery or it's not something that's going to sell, like, make it authentic, make it you. Because Hattori is writing these really depressing lyrics. And then as like an afterthought, she's like, yeah, and it would be really, really funny to make uh, to make Kita, who is super bubbly and excitable all the time, sing these like kind of edgy, depressing lyrics. Which, you know, in fairness, it does end up working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, the music in the show fucking rips, doesn't it? It's very good. And I think that was the one thing that maybe I had a little bit uh, <laughs> of trouble not buying because I, I, I buy in with the show. But uh, there is this element of like, oh, yeah, they bombed their first show. And it's like, no, nah, that was pretty good. <laughs> like Once you've played like no, nah, it sounds like I'm coming down from some like Mount Sinai <laughs> of music. And I don't mean to. Uh, I've played shows with people where it's like, you just got to respect that they're doing what they love. That's really what it is. And I mean that in the nicest way, but it's like not, uh, it's, I'm not even talking about a quality. It's just, they're not prepared. They're not, you know, they're fucking about a bit. And the songs are very good in this show. Yeah. To the point where there was a scene where I saw like, there was two people bored while they were playing and I'm just like, no fucking chance. <laughs> so <laughs> outside of that it's all good but that yeah so it's all very very good music that scene is a really interesting bit of foreshadowing for the second season because uh, yeah that's the person who, who gets uh bored when they're like doing their their first like big show after practicing uh and someone gets bored and leaves i'm pretty sure that is one of the people from the bands they compete against in the second arc Ooh, kill them yeah Ooh, kill so em. i think i think that's why they're kind of they're kind of being a dick about it. You know what? Let me let me re- 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 rewind that. There's no culture anymore of music over here. Maybe in Japan, like the worst band is just clowning the worst <laughs> bands and, and uh, anywhere else. You know, I may I maybe the culture of music would make it so that like people I don't know does it make them judgier? Because like like if I saw them playing that song and I heard it, they did a good job of of moving certain pieces of the song so it would sound like mistakes. I noticed yeah. it with the the drumming it was well done mi- mixing wise. But if I heard that, I, it wouldn't be the like oh I heard that that song's just too good. That song's <laughs> too good, and they didn't they didn't go off the rails that hard. Yeah, yeah, that song does rip. Mm-hmm. Uh Oh, can we talk about the band name real quick? By all means. Because that's another thing that, like, it slipped my mind for a second. But going back to, like, there are so many puns in this show that it it doesn't have a fucking chance of getting a dub. You can't turn the uh, the band pun into an English pun. Like, their, their pun in the show is the band's name is a Kesuku band, which in Japanese is Zip Tie. And so their merch... <laughs> The merch that they're selling is literally fucking just autographed zip ties. <laughs> they have a zip tie as their logo on their shirt. Like, it's it's such a, a combination of, like, visual gag and, and like, uh, auditory gag. You can't unmesh the two in a translation. Yeah, you have to go sort of, like, adjacent. It's like, again, mm-hmm. 
let's let's just assume that every time I talk, I know so little about it that I shouldn't be talking about any of it. <laughs> but uh, I'm in seat number two here, so here we go. Uh, it's like with the incredible variety of Pokemon pun names, where yeah, a lot of them you can't one to one, so they have to kind of go, you know, a pun that's a, a would be more relevant to the to that language, right? Yeah. Uh, and in that circumstance, you don't lose anything necessarily. In this, though, because it's so it's it's related to a translation, but it it needs it. It needs to have that like source. So I agree. I don't know exactly how they would would make that work here. And also, like, okay with it. I'm not a a hardcore like dub versus sub person. Whichever you enjoy, like, love the things you love. Like, I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. You know. So I'm okay mm. with this just sort of living as a subbed only anime. I think it, it's a very pure expression of the art and it, it works that way. <clears throat> now, if there's a localization team mm. that's able to sort of crack that, good on them. I, I wish them the best. And if it gets more people to watch and enjoy the show, all the fucking better. Because everything about this show just works. On that point, I'm I'm kind of curious. Uh, again, I'm about to say something totally stereotypical of of my my situation here. Um, I wonder what the localization compared to the original looks like for something like Fooly Cooly, because there's a lot of gags. There's a lot going on there, and I wonder how many of them were just straight up changed, or how many had to sort of like bear the brunt of close enough translation. Well. Lucky for you, since Fully Cooley's only six episodes, we can actually watch both. Uh, when we get to that, I think that'll be a fun experiment. Because mm. um, the, the localization is really good on that. And yeah, there's, there's a lot to love there. Yeah, that'd be cool to see. Kind of see how they, they went about it. And because I've only seen the... Uh the dubbed version mm. so i don't i don't even know what what it uh and you very not familiar at all with the with the original and you very specifically saw the uh the dubbed toonami version so you saw the like really stripped down version i'm trying to remember if i saw it outside or as well. or... i'm not sure but okay. it's very possible that i saw uh more fully than coolie for sure gotcha yeah, that show's horny as hell. Oh, yeah. Again, shout out to bass players. Apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the bass player in this show is incredible. All the bass players in this show that we get to meet are pretty fucking great. Uh, because during during this this whole uh, training arc, this, this three-episode training arc that we get for Hattori, uh, she meets uh, Kikari. <laughs> who ends up becoming just this great supporting character and uh, an absolute disaster and like reverse role model. So yeah, Kikari is a, she is a bassist for an indie, uh, or a psychedelic rock band called Sick Hack, mm -hmm. uh, which I think, is it four, nine, eight, or right? Hold on. What, you throwing second. numbers at me now? Uh, Sick Hack is also a pun. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 4989, yeah, yeah. So, uh, 4989 can also be pronounced, uh, Shiku Haku. Oh, uh, okay. So, okay. So, all of the, all the fans in the crowd wearing the, the 4989 shirts, gotcha. that's their merch for Sick Hack. Again, there's so many just, like, good fucking jokes. 
Very nice. Very nice. Uh, but yeah, uh, Kikari is this... Um, I can't even call her a functional alcoholic, because she's not functional. Yeah, we see moments of, of non-function, yeah. Yeah, she's just like this this hardcore alcoholic. She is um, like clearly grappling with an addiction, which she calls a spiral of happiness, but she's clearly like treating depression with alcoholism. Musician, yeah. And the show... <laughs> yeah. The show does this weird, uh, weird thing where it it runs this one straight down the middle, like really threads the needle on it, where it simultaneously plays it for comedy and also like hints at how much it is damaging her. Mm-hmm. Uh, like with the the manager commenting pretty consistently on how like, hey, this isn't healthy. Like a lot of people commenting on like, hey, this isn't healthy, and like you weren't always like this. Um, and she mm. does have some moments of being like a good and proper mentor and like being actually pretty insightful, but also she is a walking train wreck. It, it It's interesting. Yeah. I, I actually, I, 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 I enjoy the insert of the character, especially because they show like basically the majority of people's reaction to her is smells bad lunatic i don't want to be like her even visualizing following in her footsteps is like painted as you know misery yeah and it's a very so so i again i I don't know how i recognize these things i must have seen it or picked up enough from things i've seen to recognize a lot of the way that they sort of show a drunk person in the anime like the tooth I don't know. I don't know what the, what the specific if there's a name for that or whatever. Oh, the little cat tooth. There's the cat tooth, I and mean, obviously with like the blushing cheeks and everything. But um, I got I you, I recognize some of that. But it's it's adding in a very important reality, which is the, the, she she's very similar to the main character. She just took a different path. Yeah, and that's a very real thing. And and obviously it applies to everyone, but especially the it being in in uh the music world a lot of people can't handle their stage anxiety it's a very common thing for some reason for like very creative people go out there and it's like they can't they become non-functioning without the alcohol which then becomes this terrible cycle and so it was really good to i think have that character i'm sure it fulfills some sort of maybe anime trope but um that's like that's very real that's that's like very 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 real and not just as a oh yeah authenticity for like what a you know the surrounding music scene would look like it's very real as a possibility for someone like the main character if they can't figure it out yeah and one of the other things that i really appreciate about kikari uh that kind of goes pretty understated especially in like her first appearance where she uh you know she she first meets Hattori and all of that and like jokes about like oh do you do you want to drink oh you're underage well how about anyway oh haha no uh and then as she like becomes more attached to her and starts having this sort of like siblingy mentory relationship that sort of gag starts to fall away mm-hmm. like she stops exerting that pressure and you get the sense that that she wants Hattori to be able to do this without without that crutch, without, you know, relying on the booze. Yep. And it's it's sweet. It's a sweet yep. moment. Yeah, it's uh it's very 
uh, maybe that's what slice of life again i don't know i'm gonna learn as i go through this maybe that's what slice of life anime is it's sort of is like enhancing the ordinary yeah uh, to me it's a very normal thing and and like again personally uh i <laughs> i'm a lightweight so i've had i've had a beer where i'm like trying to just enjoy a show and i'm trying to enjoy a gig because for me they're never-ending suffering again there's a lot i can appreciate about the show but like one light beer does your boy in <laughs> And so now I'm not fucking up because of anxiety. Now I'm fucking up because uh, Bud Light's getting along too well with me. (laughs) So I know that's not really a route for me as far as specifically addressing uh, some of the uh, uh, anxiety-induced symptoms. So yeah, the the cycle of uh, the cycle or spiral of happiness is uh, is far away from my reaches in that regard. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I guess the uh, the next arc. The next little mini arc of the show is sort of this this cool down breather arc where, you know, we get to we get to learn a little bit more about the the characters and everyone's just kind of like vibing and chilling as we uh, as we look at like the end of summer and lead into the final arc of the series, which is the culture festival where through a series of anime comedy nonsense the main band ends up having to perform at uh at hattori's school and they they get up on stage they get to perform some songs they've they've kind of set everything up so that hattori gets to do the solo on the second song and one of the things i love about the last episode is the opening theme gets swapped out for just their first song in their set. So instead of having the regular opening, they just they just let the band play through it, which is really, really cute. Mm-hmm. Also, fun fact, the uh, all of the the main cast for this show can sing. And in addition to the voice actress for Kita actually singing all of her songs, the ending of every batch of three episodes is sung by a different one of the voice actresses. So it's kind of worth catching the end credits every couple episodes just to like get that experience. Yeah. Yeah, it was good all the way through. I don't th- yeah, you're not probably not planning on, on spoilerizing anywhere how that ends up, right? Um, I, I mean, we are we are saying that there's going to be a a. I mean, this is a a non-spoiler free review so yeah. oh, okay all right yeah i think i think we are um i will probably <laughs> i will jump back and be like hey we're gonna talk about major spoilers during time code and add that in um mm. that way people can skip it if they want but also like we can put in a warning here and be like hey we're gonna talk about major spoilers for the end of this anime if you really want to be surprised um there's gonna be a fun little edit where I, I say how far ahead to skip so you don't you don't get spoiled. So look out for that. All right. Ashlyn, the editor here with a quick update on the spoiler section. If you want to go through this completely spoiler-free, uh, it's a little late for that, unfortunately. But if you want to avoid spoilers about the last episode of the show, skip to 3907. Other than that, enjoy the rest of the podcast. So yeah, they play at the festival, and near the beginning of 
their second song, Hattori's, uh, it's the E string that starts going out of tune, right? Yeah, I think she can't get the E tune in. Was it the B that broke? Yeah. Yeah, it's something along those lines. Yeah, the E string goes out of tune and the B string breaks. And there is, again, really cute moment where the rest of the band just like fills in and keeps going while she's able to sort of figure out how to proceed. And she ends up picking up one of the glasses that uh, that Kikari has been drinking uh, sake out of throughout the, again, high school performance. Uh, she spills sake into a high school performance because this woman has a problem. Um, and Hattori takes one of the glasses and uses it as a... Is it a, is it a slide? A slide. Yeah. A slide, yeah. Yeah. And uses it as a slide to like play a, a short little solo to still get that moment in. Uh, but you made a really interesting observation about this when we were watching it. Oh, for sure. What was it? Oh, I don't... God. <laughs> yeah, well, thank God I take notes about the things you said. <laughs> yeah, that's usually why I get in trouble. Uh, yeah, you pointed out that uh, for you, the big thing about the scene wasn't that Hattori managed to get off the solo anyway, but the fact that from the first episode to now, the the biggest growth that she has is that she learns in this moment that things can go wrong and the other people in the band still have her back. They're still going to get through it. Whereas before, when she was very on her own, it was, oh, something's going to go wrong and that's the end of everything. And that's the crux of her anxiety. Yeah. It's uh, not just hers. That's, that's the crux of a lot of people's anxiety. It's that... There's one way things can go right and a million ways it can go wrong. And part of that is by making the mistake of trying to pick one thing to tie success to because there's a lot of ways to succeed. There's a lot of ways things can go and still be not a negative outcome or even a negative feeling. But I think part of the control that comes from having anxiety is you pick the one successful route, which means anything else is a failure. And then you entertain all those failures because you have anxiety and it cripples you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a great example of that. Not only, yeah, not only, apparently I'm, I'm agreeing with myself. I don't, I know I said this, I'm just being refreshed. Uh, <laughs> not only that they have her back, which is an important thing to know that there's like that safety net, uh, is that it did go wrong and it wasn't the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and I think that moment, like you said, is is way more important than the fact that like she still managed to have her solo, which is a cute moment and it's, it's nice. Um, there's the fun little reveal at the end that like, oh yeah, her parents monetized <laughs> her YouTube account in secret and like she has all this money. So she's able to get a new guitar. Um, custom made Yamaha, I believe, right? I believe that's what this Yeah, yeah, custom made Yamaha. Uh, the number of fucking music equipment companies that sponsored this show is absurd. Oh... Uh, which apparently a couple of fun things happened as a result of this show. Uh, some some fun trivia. It massively increased the number of people um, buying music equipment in Japan. Like revitalized the the hobbyist musician industry, which was wild. That's amazing. And became one of the like 
most successful anime in the year that it came out. Uh, won like eight awards. <laughs> it was either nominated for eight or at one eight, but it set a record for for most awards won at uh at one of the the smaller like anime conventions for mm. specifically for like newer uh, anime. Uh, mm. So that was cool, even against uh, a pretty heavily or a pretty highly anticipated heavy hitter, which we will also be covering at some point. And oh, God. I think it absolutely deserved to to get the crushing victory that it got. So like, hell yeah. And another thing that the show has been pretty frequently praised for is it's relatable and visually engaging representation of anxiety and dissociation. Yes. And as someone who occasionally has, uh, and like especially in my teenage years, really had like those, those mildly dissociative fantasy episodes, that was very real to me. Um, seeing that like depicted in a fictional character. But yeah, the way that they depict her anxiety in this is so well done. Yeah, turning into various uh, slugs and, you know, uh, particles <laughs> of debris. Uh, as, you know, anime as that may be, it, it sort of just, <laughs> it does feel like that because uh anxiety gets you know so intense that it does become illogical so yeah you start embracing your inner pile of ash or the deep sea critter yeah i mean how many times have we ourselves said like oh yeah no this conversation continues i'm gonna fucking turn to dust oh yeah um you know yeah you just you, you feel that moment where your sense of self just sort of is like, okay, we're gonna take a back seat and just sort of let this husk sit here for a minute so we don't have to deal with this. Yes. Uh it, it also the the shifts to like different art styles were always great. Mm -hmm. Um, just like visually very interesting. Uh there is a moment where uh Hitori is freaking out about uh the suggestion that she go on uh like an Instagram social media site. And he dissolves into like partly static, like hyper simplified drawing, and lets out this like banshee wail that is filled with with noise distortion. Fun fact about that scene: if anyone goes back and watches it, and you'll know the scene I'm talking about when you see it, the voice actress did that without any uh, without any editing. She like actually pulled off that scream where I think I think the way it happened is like it basically peaked out the mic in a really interesting mm. way. But uh yeah, yeah, and then she replicated it in an interview, which I'll I'll send you later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was she was in an interview with like, you know, a news outlet talking about talking about the anime and was talking about the Banshee scream and was like, oh yeah, yeah, you mean this one? And just like did it again. <laughs> It's great. Yeah, the voice acting was was very good. It was very uh Yes. It sold each character. It really did. Yeah. It and uh I actually that was that was something that reminded me from the beginning because I was trying to pin it. I was trying to think of like, you know, one thing that they were needed to and were trying to sell was sort of stereotypes of certain members of a band. Mm-hmm. 
and at first i was trying to place it i was like is, is that right i'm like yeah it is uh the drummer should have way too much uh energy and drive you know what i mean like that's not that the drummer is gonna have that that's that's their attitude and maybe they're just excited to be in a band and not you know working fast food again because that is a stereotype unfortunately <laughs> uh bass players are always the most mysterious and tend to also uh, uh get the most uh fans of any sort so again they leaned into that perfectly i enjoyed as a matter of fact i don't know if i had brought this up when we were watching i liked that the already established members of the band were the bass player and the drummer because that is the foundation of a band that is the rhythm section they have to lock in the fact that they were already just sort of like oh yeah here's the bass player there and then you you know you find out more about them going forward but they were already locked in i was like i think that's a sort of wink to that and i again i appreciate that i really like that um that is a really cool detail yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah her also being broke (laughs) Like, I feel like that can be sort of evenly distributed amongst musicians. There's no one out here making any money. You know what I mean? Uh, he he, or she or whoever is with funds may cash the first check because none of them have any money. I have no money. Yeah. And I mean, they are all broke. <laughs> I am a musician with anxiety <laughs> and I'm broke. So, you know, unless someone's got a made outfit for me, we're in the exact same, you know, ballpark there but yeah i think they yeah. really they they killed it on some of the sort of like also the bass player mythology i like that they also assigned to her the sort of you know always broke but and like doesn't really sort of participate in whatever's like the normally going on but is extremely knowledgeable about like music history yeah there's always some jerk in a band who like starts listing the history of music and, and, and I'm quite familiar <laughs> with, with that person. Cause, cause it's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Rio is the music nerd. <laughs> She's great. There's some great gags about like everyone being broke. But yeah, the fact that the two, the two bass players that we meet are, uh, are both constantly broke and constantly trying to get other people to, uh, <laughs> To like spot them, yeah, is made even funnier by the fact that both of the bass players we meet have other sources of income. Again, that's that's almost a one to one. There are musicians who are like, oh, I can't afford this, and <laughs> then they're buying some crap. They're buying a pedal. They're buying something like, and it and it happens. Yeah. And the, uh, I mean, the only almost unrealistic part of it was them actually paying her back. <laughs> That was amazing. Again, that I, that was one of the few times I cried during this anime was seeing that actually happen to a fellow musician finally getting their fucking money from the bass player. I mean, that really only happened because of uh, because of the manager's intervention. And that's why you need a manager. Yep. Yep. Yeah. This this show is just it's so good. It's so wholesome. You know, that's that's, I think, the part that I love the most, is there's no crappy, petty drama. Um, I feel like that's something I don't really enjoy about a lot of, uh, a lot of, like, other slice-of-life fiction, um, compared to soap operas, mm-hmm. right? Soap operas eventually hit this critical mass where everyone on the show is kind of an asshole, because you need to constantly yes. generate drama. 
And the easiest way to generate drama is interpersonal mm. conflict. So you end up with these situations where, yeah, everyone just is eventually awful. Whereas with uh, with Bocce the Rock, everyone is just sort of sweet. Like even even after they you know realize that Kita is the the guitarist singer who ran off on them right before their show, they're like, hey, we still want you to join the band. Like we'd love to have you around. If you hadn't bailed on us, we never would have met Bachi. Yeah, there's a there's a silver lining aspect that seems to frequently occur. Yeah, there's there's a wholesome. Yeah, I um yeah, the lack of ego is cool. Um and uh, yeah, and I uh Yeah. I don't know, maybe this is because I just finished watching Twilight recently because a lot of the problems in that movie well, there's a lot of problems in, in that in, in that movie. Uh but <laughs> one of them is a very common one, which is a a critical moment occurs where in real life, it would have been solved with a phone call. You know what I mean? Like things like that, where it's like uh-huh. the drama is so, you know, shoved into the Pringles can that's happening there that like it, it's flimsy, you know, like, oh, it, there's no like, oh, why didn't she just do this? Or why didn't she do this? None of that happens in the show. Everything that goes quote unquote wrong or different feels like a natural sort of um continuation of what's happening and i i really liked that even just uh just as like a a break from other shows that do that i mean because that's the big one right where it's just like oh if this per if this person called this person the rest of this never would have happened if edward didn't leave bella in a fucking forest then we wouldn't have had to read <laughs> the next two books now don't get me wrong the movies did incredible work with the source material shout out stephanie meyer what's good um but again yeah, yeah. it's sort of that thing where and it happens multiple times he leaves her in that forest because he thinks mm-hmm. blah 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 and then later, uh, Jacob answers the phone and and says something with the exact wording that makes Edward think that she's dead. And then she has to go to Rome. Now, don't get me wrong. Our Pat with the shirt off, respect. I understand how we got there. I get it. But ultimately, it would have been like, take two seconds and don't get killed by the Volturi. And getting killed by the Volturi is what I'm talking about. Almost every soap opera, which was a great example, every source of ongoing media that can't like that runs out of gas in the tank has to do a i'm gonna go get killed by the volturi moment and i fucking hate it i'm over it this show didn't have it it didn't it didn't and we actually get a great swerve of that right there's a moment where it looks like it might be heading into that and then and then they 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 just they talk to each other i am of course talking about as summer is ending and uh, Hitori starts having a breakdown over the fact that no one has hung out with her all summer outside of band practice. And like, oh, maybe they don't actually like me that much. Everyone picks up on the fact that she is not doing well. And they talk about, hey, has anyone hung out with her? And like, uh, the drummer is like, oh, I've been working and like focusing on the band and haven't had any time outside of practice. And the the singer rhythm guitarist is like, oh, I've also been working and have had a really busy summer hanging out with a bunch of other people. And I'd invite her, but I know she gets really uncomfortable around new people. And then the bassist is like, oh, I <laughs> thought you all invited her. <laughs> It's it's a great example of that because first off, uh, they it's still interesting. It, it realizes that you don't have to cause drama to be interesting or to have yeah. You can have the moment of her thinking that thing, and then you can solve it. You know, 
and uh, it also doesn't villainize anybody. It didn't have to be like, a, oh, I have to adjust to this person. They were all pretty much like, like, it was a moment of learning that they're like, oh, yeah, I got to do this. Let's fix it now. You know what I mean? There's there's none of this like, oh, how do we figure out or or I have to chase after her or whatever. It was just sort of like, oh, we realized the problem. Let's fix it now. Yeah, let's fucking go to the beach. <laughs> do you know how useful that would be in real life? Do you know how fucking fantastic that would be if people would just sort of, I mean, I'm asking too much for the, uh, you know, the uh, sort of peripheral observing of what's going on around him but to communicate at the very least god right <laughs> goes far it really does it does and they get to have their summer memory together because of it they do and like i don't know one of the things i love is that uh in that moment uh when hattori is like completely blacked out in a panic over like the idea mm-hmm. of going to the beach and they're like okay just carry her yeah carry her she'll literally her. just carry her like um, it's 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 elegant in its simplicity <laughs> pick her up <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then they're they're on the train and she's just like completely zoned out and we get to see the the other three girls just talking about how much they enjoy being around her and it's such a like it's such a you display of friendship you know there's there's a sweetness to this show. I'm glad we started with this one because this is absolutely a comfort sure. show for me. Like if I'm feeling down, I will totally go and just like slam this show on and just like burn through three episodes. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah, instantly, instant mood lifter. Yeah, that's that's something. Uh, it has something that I think people. I feel like almost anybody, this isn't even, I would say, exclusive to people with who are anxious or with, you know, an anxiety disorder or whatever. I think everyone needs to see sometimes a version of events play out how you wished or wish it happened. A lot of the realization as someone who's had, who has a, you know, was born with general anxiety disorder uh, is kind of the square peg round hole thing constantly either trying to force yourself or under the pressure of other people forcing you to conform to something that just isn't the way you work. And this show literally just goes, let's shape around her. And then, and even in other times just goes, I I love being around her. I just like her. I think she's cool. You know what I mean? It shows that it's like they respect the things that she rises to because she wants to rise to them, not because they need her to. And that's like a very important uh, distinction and i love that i love that um there's there's moments in this show that absolutely speak to me beyond the, the music stereotypes there are moments where i i've gotten basically advice from the show that i've never heard from anybody else and like had like emotional resonance with it because it's like it's that dialed into the experience i mean and a, another funny one is her, her literally going to middle school or going to school with the guitar and no one talking to her <laughs> is like i've i've been there I've been there. I might as there might as well have been a drawing of me somewhere else in that school doing the exact same thing. I have held a guitar in middle school that didn't belong to me at lunch and couldn't even bring myself to play it out of the like fear that I had. So when this show like shows something like that, and you're like, wow, that's kind of extreme. It's it's really not. <laughs> it, it happens. It really happens. It's it's really funny because someone who I went to school with 
also did that. Um, was not me. Yeah. Was not me. But someone I went to school with did uh, did do that. Or they just they came in. They brought a guitar. Didn't say anything. Just had the guitar with them for like it was it was for like a solid couple of weeks before they kind of gave up. It's it's it's, it's so sad. it's a shame, and it's like. And it's not really attention seeking. It's sort of like a nonverbal icebreaker that they're trying to look for. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I am guilty of essentially the same thing when I was trying to start a D&D group in college. Mm-hmm. And the way I went about that. Oh, now, no. granted, I went to a nerd school and I still fucked this shit up. Hell so, yeah. Like, there's a level of of truth to the, the wonderful quote about like relying on other people to start conversations is not healthy that, that the show kind of drills in but mm. i <laughs> went to school in college with my D books like dm guide and player's handbook out just like working on worlds in the school fucking lunchroom just vibing Hoping someone would come up to me and be like, hey, tell me about the D&D world you're working on. But again, it's a nerd school. So I guess the general assumption was like, oh, she's working on a world for the group she already has. Or I? Yeah, very much. A, oh, she's hard at work. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going like to bother a, her. <laughs> like, a, oh, she, uh, yeah, she, she's hard at work. I'm not going to bother her. Or she already has a group. But it's like, oh, cool. I have all of these notes for a world that no one wants to join. This, this show has brought me down sort of like, um, I was going to say like Nostalgia Street, but I meant Memory Lane, but like reached for it and couldn't find it. Memory Lane. Remembrance Road was also <laughs> an option before I remember it. Uh, memory Lane? Yeah, Memory Lane. Okay. Yeah, I see. I almost forgot it again. This is one of the few times. <laughs> Remembrance Road. Remembrance Road sounds like a fucking Kingdom Hearts location, Jesse. Don't do this. Well, I'm, thank God they never made a Kingdom Hearts <laughs> anime. And if I'm wrong, don't tell me. Uh, it, it, this is one of the few times that I've been brought down the uh, memory lane of the many, 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 many endless amounts of times that I've had it anxiety moments. Um, and not looked at them with a feeling of negativity. And this one made me feel like I remember that. And it kind of gives a little, a, a little uh, lightness to it because uh, it just does. I guess seeing someone succeed in ways that maybe either you hope to or didn't or did as well uh, allows you to take some of that, you know, self-placed burden off of you. And um, it was nice. It's it's a nice it's nice to go there and not be so hard on that kid who had the exact same damn problems. It really is, and there's there's something interesting. So you mentioned about succeeding, mm-hmm. and there's something I want to I want to talk about there because this show knows exactly how to make the stakes matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, partly because the stakes are low enough that the characters can fail and it's not the end of the world and i mean that very literally uh like some Mm. even some slice of life anime can have problems with its stakes where like 
if the main character fails at the task, then the premise of the show cannot continue. Mm. The the way stake setting is done here, the characters can fail. And they do. But the show can continue going. It is it is not the end of the world. So there is actual tension in those moments. Like when that moment in the last episode happens, and I'm not gonna say what it is because we are past the spoiler section, but when that moment happened, mm-hmm. my stomach fucking dropped. Because mm-hmm. that's there's like a very real chance that there's no coming back from that in that moment. And that can impact the rest of the series going forward. Like, that's a setup for a cliffhanger in another season that this show was brave enough to resolve and not, you know, turn into sequel baiting and not, you know, and not turn into this big thing. Like, it wasn't a, they're not putting on a concert to save the local community center. like. They're they're playing a three song set at a high school, but it's it's still tense. It still matters, and it's a good subject matter to to be to commit to that with too, because it's like, um, especially from the angle of anxiety, is that you track your failures, right? Um, and they even show it happening in in the last scene. It's uh, I mean, we can we can do another little spoiler section. Oh, we're past yeah. this, yeah. The, are you talking about the little flashback montage? Basically, what it is, is there are moments throughout the show where there is an acknowledgement of something either that's not working or something that isn't or like happening how a, a character hopes or whatever, and yet you pull the you know you pull the 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 magnifying glass back a little bit and you see that the rest of it yeah. the actual situation is going off very well. And uh, that's that's the reality of it. You know, you can be sitting there thinking about, oh, you know, flubbing a note. Okay, but maybe there's a person. This is this is maybe what I'm trying to say is it's like sort of the band aspect of the show is is the idealized band that probably every musician wants to be a part of because they all get to share everything. All the successes are all of theirs even all the things that aren't great are all of theirs. And so it diffuses it and celebrates it. And like, if one person's not doing well and the other three are doing amazing, you know, that balances it out. It really does. And yeah, you're, you have your sort of internal monologue going blah, 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 but it's like the crowd's losing their fucking minds. So again, even all the failures you're tracking, what do they really add up to? And it's the sh- and again the show just does a really good job of of showing that where it's like hey you know what the moment the moment came and went it's fine and here they are here's everyone with you what there's a there's a phrase specifically that was the one that uh, destroyed me like it really it really uh, fucked me up there's no other way to really put that um, when she was talking about when she was playing this uh, uh, a certain show with a certain character, she says, um, the people want to be here. They're not your enemies. Yeah. That, that fucked me up. That, that like legitimately was like a, like a moment because again, there's things the show says 
that sometimes you're waiting to hear forever. And for me, that's one of those things. And it's like, it's a simple thing, but it does show this weird thing where it almost somehow pushes the rest of the world a little bit into your own little like, oh my God, I'm fucking up or oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And for some reason, it pushes more people into it in a incredibly like, you know, okay, you can worry about those things, but these people aren't, shouldn't be why you're worried. And it almost pulls some of that off. It finally pulls some of that off, you know, because it's not just, oh, I'm going to fuck up. It's people are going to see me fuck up. And that whole thing, they're not, you know, they're not against you. It was like, <laughs> oh my God, of course. And it's simple and it's obvious, but it still is something where it's like, it pulls you out of the, 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 the never ending solitude that it like an- anxiety can be. Yeah. And I think that's just like really great advice in general. Like the people in your orbit are generally not your enemies. And and why do I know all their weak points? Oh God, you're going to fucking love the action anime segment. <laughs> fucking blast with that shit. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. That will that will be the one where it's like I've memorized all your attack patterns, but unfortunately, I'm too slow to block any of your attacks, so they hit yeah. perfectly. Yes, love it. Uh, all right. So wrapping this up, uh, I think we we really covered a lot about the show. We covered everything that like I personally really loved about it. There's a lot that you loved. Clearly, I guess now we we kind of move into our final segment, which is. If you had to grade this show on a tier list, you know, from S tier to F tier, S A B C D F, where would you where would you place this? Where where would you put this on your your personal anime tier list? Granted, you don't have a whole lot to stack it up against. See, I got I got nervous for a second because I thought this was the other segment that you pitched, which was, uh, did this anime have a Yamcha death scene in it? And uh, it did. It did. And so I'm glad we get to celebrate. Yes, but that's always yes, going to worry me. I'm not sure which segment we're going to be doing. And again, meme <laughs> meme culture overlap, I guess. Even though that is with it could be self-contained in another anime. It did have a Yamcha uh, <laughs> death, death scene reference. Unbelievable that I was reintroduced to that between it you did. and the anime. Um, sorry. So the, the tier list is that's, oh, it's like, it's S through uh-huh. F, right? Street Fighter style. Okay. Yeah, S through F. Yeah. Look, uh, where would you place this? I'm an emotional little buddy. Okay. Uh, this 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 show did it. The show was hilarious. (laughs) I I actually laughed. Uh, I you know I laughed. I cried. Whatever. You know. Rest in peace, uh, Cisco Ebert. Whoever it is is no longer with us. I really did laugh and cry. I really enjoyed the whole thing. It was over too fast. I feel sick about it still today because even though I'm not necessarily anime aware, I have all the makings of an anime enjoyer, I think, because of uh, like the <laughs> way that down badness uh, infiltrates every cell of my body makes me feel like I'm going to be in for a bumpy ride. This is an S. This is an S. It was, it was very quickly an S, and it was. I think it's going to b and s i don't think it's going to change over the time uh if you put something as a matter of fact i don't think you're going to show me a better anime than this that's that, that i'm th- i'm throwing it down oh, here that's and challenge. now okay there's there's already two in the s though okay there's already two in the s because though we didn't watch one of them <laughs> in this premise we did watch them together 
and the uh, yes yes we did if we do end up rewatching that for this segment i can't wait till i can't wait for or in this uh for this this podcast uh i can't wait for the segment of my first waifu because i i had one Oh yeah, we are we are going to be watching that. Don't Fantastic. Worry. I can't wait to Don't hurt worry. more. Oh 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 joy. Uh, <laughs> this is an S. No, this is an S. And and I and I and I I think you're gonna show me some different stuff. I think you're gonna show me some stuff that's really cool. From my again, my my limited interaction with anime, I know that it, there's a variety. There's a there's a, just an amazing variety. And um I think you will find some stuff that will maybe also be in the S tier, but I still don't know if it'll be better than my experience watching this show. And a lot of that is because there's some personal, you know, stuff that I, that I, that I just, you know, that, that syncopates with me with this show. Uh, It's gonna be hard to beat that, but even as an anime on its own, it was just fantastic. Never again. Will I have to wait for Roni Kenshin to draw his blade for 47 episodes? This is an S. (laughs) Excellent. Yes, I a thousand percent agree. Like in my personal tier list, which I will also be tracking, Mm. this is an S for me as well. This is, in my opinion, one of the greatest slice of life anime out there. I personally haven't run into anything that that beats it. Like this is this is the best of the best as far as as far as that subgenre for me. And I don't I, I I kind of started off with a ceiling on this particular subgenre. So I am almost sorry. Yeah. You should because by you're tracking your own um you're going to show me something that's an F on your list, aren't you? Uh yes. That's kind of fucked up. <laughs> uh, am I going to do that right now? No. No. Uh. Yeah, so I'm not going to tell you what my grade on the next one is, like what the ranking is, but I, I'm going to tell you what we're going to be watching next. Oh, shit, that's right. You said you yeah. were going to do that. Okay, <laughs> well, what, what's next? What's next? Or you want to give me a hint? Like, oh, like, again, this is anxiety because I actually am having an anxious response to learning the name of the next anime we watch. Please, if you're out there suffering from anxiety, such as I have, uh, go to therapy. <laughs> therapy medication please please do uh do that as well as watch anime because you want to make sure that's kept in a very nice balance uh, have you uh well i guess you you managed to avoid the the sort of anime boom of the of the aughts uh with all of like the weird shit that was considered good anime um and some of it still is some of it still isn't we're going to find out which one this particular anime falls into the camp of. Have you heard of Elfin Lead? Okay. Okay, hold on a second. Have you, have you heard of Elfin I'm, Lead? I'm rejoicing that you haven't said Zatch Bell. Um, Zatch Bell is the same reaction that I have to uh, Imagine Dragons. I just I was going to ask you earlier what you thought the Imagine Dragons of anime was, and the answer is Zatch Bell. The answer is not Zatch because Bell. I actually think there's a genre overlap, but I, the the feeling of like a reverse spider sense because it's in the front of my throat because I'm vomiting. I think uh, I think actually if, if we wanted to go that route, I think the uh, the Imagine Dragons of anime would be Bleach. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I believe you. I was gonna say maybe it's Dragon Ball Z for God's sake. Oh, 
Oh, this this will be. Anyways, I'm sorry. To have, like, uh, once we have some more anime in your bloodstream. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, wh- who I will be after <laughs> after so many consumed pieces of anime. Delicious. Um, say the name. It's it's Elfin Lead. Elfin Lead. Okay. So I have heard of that because I thought there was an anime called Elfin Lied. So. <laughs> that's it though that's the that's the beginning of end of it i don't remember where i've seen it i think maybe in high school yeah that would track you know there's a chance that uh the the people who are listening to like deer and gray were watching that i think there's a really strong chance uh but outside of that i couldn't i I don't know what they were lying about and so i'm looking forward to finding that oh this is gonna be good this is gonna be good there's gonna be uh yeah, there's there's going to be some stuff to discover, and we're going to get to update that tier list next time. So, Jesse, thank you so much for joining me and for, you know, of course. accompanying me on this great journey into the world of of anime. Do you have any, any closing oh, notes you'd like to make? Well, I'm just glad that you turned down my idea for this, which was uh, that we'd go into it sort of like Ghost Hunters where uh you'd be the one who believes in anime and i don't believe it exists you were right that was kind of a dumb idea so uh, thank you for not following through on that one yeah no problem uh uh, because i've tried Mm -hmm. i've tried to believe that anime doesn't exist but uh the amount of l's i've taken in Fortnite as of late you can't deny it goku with a gun is stronger than goku without a gun uh my closing actual point though is no thanks for having me this is fun uh I'm I'm not like anti-anime or anything. I'm possibly scared of certain fan bases. Yes, there are certain fan bases that also scare the crap out of me. But I have nothing that this isn't coming like I hate it and you're going to convince me love it. It's just sort of one of those things where it's like it 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 wasn't something that was constantly in front of me and uh, it's kind of fun to uh experience it now and again yeah this was a strong start i'm i may i might end up hating anime if none of it is as good as this and then that would be uh to thank you for that oh yeah no worries it's all downhill from here like you're you're going to hate anime now because if it's <laughs> tough to uh to recover from from bocce the rock actually i do got one more, I got one oh, more yeah, thing yeah, I yeah. Say. uh Here's another way that you can somehow end up in my position and not really watch a lot of anime. When people suggest anime to you and the, the, the starter, and I'm doing heavy air quotes that you can't see, the starter anime they recommend is something called Kiss Sis. That'll put you off. What the fuck? Hold on. No, no, no. We're not ending the podcast here. We're fucking from this round. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> Tune in next time.